Well, hello there, everybody. This is, of course, the MCU's Bleeding Edge YouTube channel and podcast on Twitch, Facebook Live. And we are live streaming this Friday evening, uh, kind of a uh, unusual evening or night or day for us. Um, and uh, I very much want to really quick just mention that we are now with Geek News Now Network. And to go ahead and introduce Kat for the first time. She's from GNN. Um, and Kat, tell us what you do at GNN. Well, so I'm a writer with GNN. Um, I also um, podcast with Geek Gauntlet on Saturdays um, is when it's live. But of course, it's always uploaded later. So that way, if you guys can't catch the live, it is always going to be there for you to check out later in the week. Um, I've been with GNN since its inception back in or right around the inception, right around 2019. Um and yeah, that's what we do over there. You know, we report the news without the clickbait, without any of the mis the misreportings. You know, we we tell you what the news is as it happens. That's all, that's excellent. That's what we like to hear. And we love GNN. Shout out to GNN. Shout out to Damon. Shout out to David, and all the rest of the crew. Um, it's been really wonderful having all the different GNN people on the show. We of course also have Nate the Great my young friend who I have uh, been making content with for quite a long time, actually, um, and has not really been on the bleeding edge very much in a long time. What's up, Nate? Uh, what's been going on? Well, for me, it's uh, I've been pretty, pretty busy. Uh, I'm pretty busy a lot lately I'm over here, out here in the, uh, the Tacoma area, general area of Washington state. Uh, oh, I know what you've been doing. <laughs> Don't lie. Anyway, it's in. Um, so, uh, so, um, uh, I am part of the ASAP network, which is a two sided network, uh, a sports side, which is all, um, it's all you know, all sports, everything sports from football, baseball, everything that we cover, everything, and then the, the non sport, the non ASAP side, which is, I mean, the non sports side, which is you know, it covers everything that's not politics, not religion, and not sports, but it, we cover pretty much about everything else. 
um, on the non on the non sports side of the ASAP network called the Minds of Creativity. Um, it hasn't really been getting as much of a push lately, but as of today, um, we are going to be pu- uh, pushing it more and more and out there. So it it's been pretty exciting, pretty fun out there to create content. Um, hey, I'm and, with minds with minds of, of creativity myself. Yeah, yeah. So, don't lie. That that meme that I played with the with the penises hitting the chick's face kind of screwed you up a little bit, didn't it? Uh, especially since I have a nine year old brother who just. Uh, saw I'm that. sorry about that, but it's okay. You know what? Um, you can just make up a story. Just tell him it was, you know, it was something, whatever. Um, but anyway, so he doesn't know what that is there. by now. Huh? He doesn't know what that is by now. Just saying. He's a brother. He's he's nine years old. He's got one. I mean, I don't know. When I was nine, if I saw a bunch of penises like flying and hitting a chick in the face and everything, I really wouldn't know what to think of that either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's Jeff Bezos taking off into space. <laughs> but uh, I really want to figure out. I want to make a meme where that's Brie Larson in that meme. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's what I want to do. That's what I'm working on next. Um, so anyways, uh, not that we want to attack Brie tonight or anything, but okay. We are at the bleeding edge tonight to live stream and cover some new, what a surprise, new Spider-Man three shit again for like the 17th day in a row. (laughs) First minute and a half of the, of the film, apparently, um, uh, spoilers and, um, be prepared. If it turns out to be a fan trailer or something like that, I'm sorry. But, like, the way things are these days with this Spider-Man stuff, sometimes I can't even tell the difference anymore. Um, So we're going to hope it's legit. Um, After that, we're going to run through the Moon Knight teaser and the She-Hulk teasers from the Disney Plus Day event. And we're going to go ahead and react to that and discuss that. Um, We've we've got some articles that we're going to get into and uh, kind of summarize and I'm going to get my panel in on. Um, I want to uh, welcome and thank Kat for making her first appearance on The Bleeding Edge. Um, We are very blessed to have you. Thank you very much for finding the time to be on here. Well, hey, thanks for having me. And Nate, my good friend, my younger brother, it is excellent to have you back again. Uh, It's been a, a... Thanks for having me as well. Hey, I know, I know being on the bleeding edge is the pinnacle for you, so it's all good. All right, so why not? Let's go ahead and get this thing rolling, man. Let's do something interesting. Folks, Spider-Man is in fact Peter Parker. Are you Spider-Man's girlfriend? Is in fact. Are you Spider-Man's girlfriend? Uh, whoa, 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 please don't touch her. You're just a kid. You murdered you're Mysterio. Uh, Helped him murder Mysterio. No, I, I didn't. Come on, can anybody? All this time, people looked up to this boy and called him a hero. Well, I'll tell you what I call him: Public Enemy Number One. Don't call your number one again. MJ, I'm so sorry, but I can't see anything with your hand in my. Hello, Peter. Do I know you? You think your fancy new suit's gonna save you? Looks like we got competition. 
All right, Parker. You ready? World, if you're watching, wish me luck. Exclusively in cinemas, coming soon. All right, Parker. You ready? Do it. Exclusively in cinemas. We tamper with the fabric of reality. What's happening? It's starting to come through and I can't stop him. Leave him in the sanctum sanctorum. Neither can I. I'm going to play that again. Are you Spider-Man's girlfriend? Is in fact. Are you Spider-Man's girlfriend? Whoa, 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 please don't touch her. You're just a kid? You murdered Mysterio? Helped him murder Mysterio? No, I didn't. Come on, anybody. All this time, people looked up to this boy and called him a hero. Well, I'll tell you what I call him. Public enemy number one. Don't tell me I never want to do this ever again. MJ, I'm so sorry, but I can't see anything with your hand in my hand. Dude, 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 Hello, Peter. Do I know you? You think your fancy new suit's gonna save you? Looks like we got competition. All right, Parker. You ready? World, if you're watching, wish me luck. Exclusively in cinemas, coming soon. All right, Parker, you ready? Do it. Exclusively in cinemas. We tamper with the fabric of reality. What's happening? It's starting to come through and I can't stop him. <laughs> can't believe I'm in the Sanctum Sanctorum. Neither can I. Okay. I need a, I needed two takes on that just because. So much stuff goes on in these teasers and these trailers and everything and whatnot. I can't catch it all in one shot. I can't. My um, my mind and my eyes just don't process that well. Um, I don't know. Did that really look like the first minute of the movie? No. It I says, don't. It says Spider-Man No Way Home opening scene. Well, so I could maybe see the part where they're on the bridge where he... Saves saves the gal, pulls her up. I can maybe see that being in part of the opening scene. 
So I think they kind of clickbaited us on that. Of like, here, we're going to say it's the whole opening scene when it's really just this like tiny section. It's just him. It's just him swinging around with MJ. Right. Yeah, I can see the swinging around with MJ. I can see all that. I can see there being a, a quick part where um, uh, I'm forgetting the dude's name, Jameson. Um, he brings up the opening scene is the end credit scene from Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, but the whole, um, however, the whole, uh, the whole, are you a Spider-Man's girlfriend? The whole breaking news kind of thing. I don't think that that will be it because um, instead of, hey, he's all over the news, why are why are people like over here? Like, I I just feel like there might it might be a little bit more aggressive, but still keep it family friendly. If that makes sense. Okay. Did anybody notice anything in any of that that seemed new or different or anything? I mean, Spider Man's still in high school. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd like to see Peter Parker graduate at some point. Um. But not really. Oh, wait. We're going to get there. I mean, later on in the show, we're going to delve into that. So, I mean, we're going to get into that. So, say, save that for later, Kat. <laughs> save, save my save, snarkiness for later? Save gotcha. the ammunition. Yeah, for later. Save the bullets. That's probably... I will say one thing, though. Um, that's probably going to happen in, like, say, Spider-Man 4 or 5 or maybe even 6. Like, there might be a gra- little bit of a graduation the whole going thing. on in one of those. The whole next trilogy, he'll be in college. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is I'm going to have to watch Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 1, 2, 1, 2. Then that'll catch me up to where we're at in that order. Why? You didn't see Spider-Man 1 and 2? Oh, I have. I've seen them, but, you know. Which version, though? Because, and I'll save some of this for later. Spider-Man for me is like Batman. Like, okay, that's great. We've, We've killed Uncle Ben. You're still in high school. Let's move on. No, I don't think so. I don't think so because in the Andrew uh, in the Andrew version, the original version of um, Spider Man, you know, spoiler alert for those that haven't seen it, uh, the Greed Goblin character he was killed off, right? But yet he's in here, so he's in this trailer. Well, not the one that you showed, but he was in the previous one. Right. The thing with that, though, is every time they do Spider-Man, he starts as an origin story again. So just like Batman, it's Not... every two or three movies, it starts out as an origin story, where at some point it goes back to, oh, Batman dead parents. Not quite this one. They don't show the whole Uncle Bill thing in this one. They do in the first two. Right, but that's because we've, yeah, we've, we've no, seen in the true. first two, right? So we're still in that, like, window. So... We've got one, two, three, and usually that's where they stop and say, oh, we need to start over. Yeah. And, you know, by then Aunt May's going to be 12, and they're going to kill Uncle Ben again. You know? But no, I mean, honestly, we didn't see a whole lot that wasn't new. Um, Green Goblin's back. Doc Ock is back. But once again, that's because they brought in a new actor and brought in a new origin story. Yeah. I think what we're going to see... 
is the whole timeline thing. I think we're going to see Green Goblin come back before he was killed off in one from the original, uh, the first set, the first trilogy of the Spider-Man series. I don't think it's going to be, hey, 20, 2021, but in a different uh, universe, I think it's going to be a different timeline, too. Maybe. Because we do know Doctor Strange is bring, being brought into this. Yeah. Sorry for those of you that didn't know that. Um, so, I mean, you could get more of that time travel aspect, alternate universe with that because we have the, the strange aspect. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, yes. Um, and I mean, honestly, at this point, there's so much stuff going on in Spider-Man Three. There's so many characters. There's so many villains. There's so much going on. It's jam-packed that. I mean, I don't want to believe that they've given us everything there is to have in the movie and the trailers at all, or the TV spots. I don't want to believe it. But how much room could there possibly be for cameos and surprises at this point? I mean, yeah, you know, I, I mean, do either one of you guys remember or have heard what the length is going to be of this film? I don't remember the length, but I remember that it was going to be longer than any other MCU film except for Infinity War and Endgame. I know I heard it was going to be like two and a half hours long. Yeah, it's going to be like somewhere around that. It's not going to be as long as Endgame, but I think it's going to be longer than any, any other film other than Infinity War and Endgame. Nate, do you feel like they're framing and setting up Spider-Man 3 as another equivalent to like an Infinity War and an Endgame? Do you think Marvel is trying to do that? They're trying to elevate it to that status? Yeah. Yes, because everybody's after him. Yeah. After the Eternals, man. I mean, shit. I mean, have you heard about Chloe Zhao? Wow. Really? They gave her an Oscar for that? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know. Yep. That is, I mean, that's basically um, the equivalent um, of uh, what she gave to the Eternals. Um, So, you know. My only problem with Eternals is something that I also have a problem with for Shang-Chi is that I feel like they put too much content in one episode, in one movie. That's for both of them. Yeah, like they were trying to basically get all of the same history that you have with something like Endgame I need to or something Civil real quick. War back. in one first, in like the first film where you're just barely meeting these characters. And that's never going to end well. No, I agree with you. I do. Um, what do you think, Kate? Or Kat, I apologize. What do you think about um, the the whole deal with all these villains coming back and everything and whatnot? How do you feel about it? I mean, 
do you, of course, you probably saw all the original Spider-Man films yeah. with Tobey Maguire and yeah. So what are your thoughts? I mean, Doc Ock was a good villain. Green Goblin was a good villain. But I think they wanted you to feel sympathy for these villains. And I'm not sure where, and this is kind of a new trend I've noticed, is they want you to, they want to rationalize and personalize the villain. They want you to, on some level, feel bad for the villain. That's not what the comic book stories were about. It wasn't about feeling bad for Thanos because his kids hated him because of what he did to them. No, it was about hating Thanos because he was so power hungry to impress death that he was going to wipe out half of the world to get her attention. So homeboy's out there trying to clap cheeks by snapping his fingers and wiping out half the world. That was the entire purpose that Thanos had. And in the MCU, they made it this him this whole like, oh, I'm so misunderstood. No. Green Goblin, he's angry because Peter Parker killed his father. Well, he perceived that he killed his father. He wants him dead. There, there's no... Like, he's not taking the right path to get there. He's the big bad. He's out to destroy... Spider-Man, and he doesn't care about collateral damage. Doc Ock is a scientist that went mad. Um, I mean, you know, I wish we could see more villains, but why couldn't they have built these villains up a little bit more and not killed them off? Sure. Because that's really kind of the thing here. It's like, you know, every time you see the villain and the villain is dying or dead. I can agree with you on that. And now they're bringing it back. They're like, oh, alternate universe, it's back. No, if you want to bring this in as the big bad fight, you do like Marvel did with the Red Skull, with Hydra. That big bad is ever looming and ever present, just like it was in the comics. Each comic, you never really knew which bad was going to show up. I mean, you did because it was usually on the cover, but from week to week, you didn't know, like, oh, are we going to continue with Doc Ock, and somewhere in the middle of this, is Green Goblin going to show up? Then where is Sandman going to come in and get this mix in in the middle of all this? I feel like they're trying to do too much too quick. They're trying to rush it, which is why they're making a two and a half hour finale. And there's a good chance it's not going to have the outcome they're hoping it will. That's so, why do, who do you think is is behind that? Do you think Sony is the, is the catalyst behind that? <laughs> is Sony still in charge of this this one, or is this a, Mar- a Marvel film? So, look, nobody. I mean, there's no, um, from an official standpoint, um, Sony essentially runs the show. Marvel Studios produces the film, but Sony pulls the strings. They distribute the film and they take um, like the lion's share of the box office proceeds themselves. Um, And Marvel Studios gets like a sliver of it. I think Marvel wants it to tank. Because here's the thing. Disney and Marvel have been trying to get a hold of Spider-Man since the beginning of the Avengers. 
before it was even the Avengers, they were trying to get a hold of it even, like, once, once they had the success with Captain America, they started vying for how do we get Spider-Man, since Spider-Man was part of the Avengers. And Sony isn't willing to sell the rights to Spider-Man. So at one point, Disney was going to just buy Sony Studios out. But that created a problem because if they bought Sony, that then gets a little closer to Disney having a monopoly. So in the end, they ended up not buying Sony, although they could have bought Sony super cheap because, and we may have to fact check this, my numbers may be off, but it was something like Sony was willing to sell the rights to Spider-Man for something like 13 million, but no, no, I don't believe that. Sony for Wait like I don't agree with that either. Wait a minute, Kat, thirteen million? It was something ridiculous. Like I said, I'm not sure if my numbers no are right. Way. Yeah, here, let me Google it. Um, come on, Cat. No, it was it was a ridiculous amount because they want it that badly, and Disney and Marvel have them. Sometimes may be good, sometimes may be shit. Yeah, but I mean, you know, besides that, look. Let me see here. I'm talking- getting my numbers here. I when I heard the rumors about Marvel buy not not buying Sony, buying the rights back to Spider-Man and all the characters that go with them, we were talking about in the billions was what I heard, right, Nate? I think so too. I heard, I think I heard something around that. I, I don't remember the I don't remember the number though. But yeah, I think it, it was in the it billions. Was, but the thing was they were only they could have bought the entire studio at one point for only like two million more or two billion more, whatever it was. The difference was so insignificant that the joke was, well, okay, you won't sell us the rights to Spider-Man, we'll just buy your entire company. Um let me take a look here. Now you got me looking. Yeah, I'm looking too. Bear with us. Bear with us, people. Bear with us. Yeah, we're fact-checking because I'm just throwing random numbers out here. Um, Let me see here. Shit, I can't find it. Yeah, it was it was like two years ago. Um, but it was something, and like I said, it might have been billions. I don't know. But either way, the the cost for buying all of Sony versus buying Spider Man, Spider Man would have been the bulk of that price, as yeah. far as Marvel yeah. and Disney would have been concerned. So you know, like, hey, oh, you want to give us a number that you think is so astronomical that we won't pay it for Spider Man? And then when we say, okay, we'll pay it, you're like, well, he's not for sale. But then your company's about to go up for sale and you think we're not just going to buy that out? I mean, yes, Disney's for kids, but Disney's cutthroat. Like, the only reason that Disney hasn't already been hit for, like, a monopoly and all the stuff that Google and Facebook have been hit for is because Marvel and Disney are part of, like, nostalgia for the old men in, in D.C., you know, politicians don't pay attention to them because it's part of their childhood. Where, you know, these youngsters at Facebook and, 
Instagram and Google, well, they're just have to destroy their world. Um, okay. So I get where you're I coming mean, from. Yeah. I mean, because really, let's face it. Look at everything that Disney owns. You know, they own Marvel. They own portions of Star Wars. They own, they've got all these, their fingers in everything. Not once has any government agency brought them into a courtroom to explain how they're not a monopoly. They so even we, own part of so ABC Studios or one of those, yeah. one of the other, Fox. Fox is one that they own too, 21st Century Fox. Don't they only own part of it, of ABC? It is still part, yes, but still, it, they have a controlling share. And that's so it, still, even mm -hmm. though you only own part and not all of it, that doesn't make it less of a monopoly. No, it's still a controlling share. Yeah. In, in 1998, Sony purchased the film rights to Spider-Man for a reported $7 million. Okay? That was the original price back when Marvel Comics was almost bankrupt after the comic book industry collapsed. Yeah. Um, and... Let's see if they actually later on in the article mention what ended up being the price for Marvel to obtain Spider-Man back. I don't think they fully yeah. obtained him back. This is the deal. Sony then formed a new deal with Marvel Studios and Disney, essentially lending Spider-Man to the MCU. Now, this is back before Captain America Civil War. This new deal would give Sony full creative control over solo Spider-Man movies. So I was right, Kat. They mm -hmm. do pull the strings. But Marvel Studios had Kevin Feige and crew would be the creative leads. Right. Taking care of casting, production, and marketing. Money-wise, Sony kept 95% of the box office, while Marvel kept 100% of the merchandising profits. And let's face it, in the last two years, what's making you more money? Merchandise. Because movie theaters were closed for 18 months. Well, that's what I was going to mention a minute ago was that Marvel's not getting totally screwed in right. the exchange. Uh, then in 2019, Disney negotiated a 50-50 box office take with Sony as well as split the film funding 50-50, which kind of balanced things out if you think about it. Mm -hmm. um, Disney can't just buy back Spider-Man nor purchase Sony outright due to monopoly laws. Mm -hmm. Like gaining the rights to the X-Men and Deadpool when the Walt Disney Company acquired 20th Century Fox, Disney wouldn't buy Sony just to have Spider-Man under their umbrella. Disney could attempt to purchase the movie rights to Spider-Man from Sony, but Sony has no incentive to do so. Sony right. has reportedly made billions in box office revenue over Spider-Man movies and wouldn't dream, dream of giving up their top earner considering their economic downturns. So... Tom Holland Spider-Man is the cash cow of Sony. For right now, yeah. So if I'm if I'm Marvel and Disney, and hear me out, I'll play a little conspiracy theory here. We know that we have enough creative rights and we produce, we handle all of the marketing and all of that. We already know that we're making more in merchandising sales than we are in ticket sales. So what do we have to do for Sony to decide that this character isn't worth it for them? We either market the movie poorly. 
We put the best parts of it on the cutting room floor. We daredevil it. And then from there, once it stops making the money at the box office, maybe they're going to be more willing to negotiate to let go of the rights of Spider-Man. It's, yeah. it's a political game. Entirely political. I think it uh, is entirely political, but I do have one question, though. Um, do you think that eventually it's going to be where the um, um, the Into the, the, the separate Spider-Man series that they have, the Into the Spider-Verse series, do you think that's eventually going to be part of it as well? Like as far as box office? No, canon. Canon. Um, well, I think it is already with, to a certain extent. It is canon, is my with, understanding. With Miles Morales and all that. Yeah, yeah. They're they're canon. They're alternate universe, but they're canon. Which I would love to see them show up in in this film. But honestly, I'm not holding high hopes for it because I, I really think that Disney is Disney's biding their time until Sony gives up. I don't think it will. Um, I don't think it will because, um, you know, part of that part of that Spider-Man film was strictly towards towards built towards like the anime setting. Um, so I don't think it will be part of part of the whole um, far from us, but. No way home setting. Yeah, like no, the there whole... has there has been in a couple teaser trailers I've seen. I believe they have shown a Miles Morales, but I could be wrong. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, there's been there's been rumors that they might go in that direction. I don't know, you know. Um, we'll I mean we'll see what ends up happening. It would probably be a popular move with, with the fans if they did go in that direction. Well, and here's my thought on that too: is they're bringing out all these villains. At no point in time has Spider-Man fought more than two of these villains at a time on his own. Not at where he's at now. Later on, like after he's Peter Parker, the journalist, and he's got you know Venom. And some of those extras in his corner, he's fought three or four of these guys at a time and won. But right now, he doesn't have strong enough alliances in this film franchise, I think, to defeat as many villains as they're throwing at him without them bringing so, into the Spider-Verse in. In this film, there are a total of eight villains, I think. Um, I have to count them all again, but the total number of people that he has helping him is three others that I know about. You've I got... feel like that there might be a surprise character, um, just like I think that there might be a surprise character in the, the Armageddon for CW, but that we're, they're not talking and this is in a CW show. Um I feel like there might be a surprise character appearance, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be until, hey, the final battle scene or something like that. Yeah. 
No, I agree with you. I do. Right now, right now, so far that I know, it's like the eight to four battle. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit more. I mean, Doc Ock, it looks like, is going to be paling up or, like, befriending uh, Spider-Man in the film. Like, he's going to become an ally. Um, so and, he's going to, like, change sides, I think, is what they said. Yeah, because if you look at the trailers, there's that one scene where he's like, you're not Peter Parker. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like, it, it's it, it's logical when you think about it. Doc Ock's not crazy. He's intelligent. He's a logical person. He hates Peter Parker. If that's not his Peter Parker, what beef is there? Yeah. You know, I mean, seriously, you know. I agree. Um, so, go ahead. So, if, if we see all three Peter Parkers working together, do you think that that might be a little bit different, though? What do you mean? If all three Peter Parkers were working together and he saw that, do you think that this will be a little bit different and Doc Doc will go after all three? How do we even know that we're actually going to get Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in Spider-Man 3? But we have Venom. We do have Venom? I've heard we've got Venom. Yeah. I I heard that we got all three. I, I've heard that, that, that Venom might get a cameo at the end or something like that. Yeah, no, I heard I heard we had Venom, but I could I mean like I said the, I wouldn't be surprised so early, but you never know. Like he's actually gonna have some kind of like tangible role in the film. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised if um um Loki and Wanda because of the whole setup for Doctor Strange multiverse and the madness, I wouldn't be surprised if we see those in credit scene. Those two people. Yeah. So, I don't know about Venom. I mean, the way, but I will say this: the way that I kind of see the I see things working out right now in terms of the dynamic between Venom and Spider-Man, I'm getting a feeling that like maybe Venom will be like um, villainous towards Spider-Man initially, but I think they're going to end up teaming up. And that's how it's yeah, going to work I think out. So I think he is going to be one of those that, that swap sides as well. Yeah, because I mean, this Venom that we have, uh, I wasn't a fan of Venom too. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and I'm not a fan of how they how they're doing, how they've done the symbiote and Venom with Tom Hardy, like their dynamic. And um I feel like this venom, like this, this like symbiote venom, is not as vicious and violent and like bloodthirsty as like the comic book version. I wonder though if that's because the symbiote initially fighting with Peter Parker, and you know he did everything he could to try and control the symbiote. Where bringing him now with um, Tom Hardy's character, um, it may be a different relationship, or maybe because I mean Venom's always been kind of an interesting character. Because let's face it, Venom is it, he's sentient, but Venom doesn't necessarily exist on his own. No, 
No, he's a symbiote. So, I mean, of yeah. course, by definition, um, symbiosis is a relationship. It's a it's yeah. a dual thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, either way, I'm so I, – I mean, I'm going to be talking about Spider-Man probably every day for like the next week and a half till the 17th, then even after that. Um, so, let's I take have- a break. Let's they let's take a break from Spider Man three, brother. Okay. Yeah, let's move on. We we got a lot to talk about. There's a okay. lot, yeah, lot, lot going on in the MCU right now. And of course, I have the title of our show as the Hawkeye episode four review and breakdown. Great job, Jeff. There's <laughs> <laughs> that prep time for you, Jeff. Yeah. Hey, I've seen it, so I don't. I, I'm fine with that. I mean, okay. Let's start with Moon Knight. I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. The voice. In your head. It devours you. And that was really, really short. So I'm going to play it again. can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. The voice in your head. It devours you. Damn, that is quick. It okay. was a really fast one. Let's let's do She-Hulk too, and then we'll just combine them. Okay, okay. I'm Jennifer Walters. I'm a normal lawyer. Well, not that normal. These transformations are triggered by anger and fear. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I got to hit that one more time because, again, it's so quick. I'm Jennifer Walters. I'm a normal lawyer. Well, not that normal. These transformations are triggered by anger and fear. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Do you guys feel like that whole deal right there where she says that you won't like me when you're angry thing, which which goes back to like the original Hulk from like the, the 70s or whatever? 
the TV show. Um, yes. Yes. Do you, do you, do you do. think that is a an inclination of them having She-Hulk break the fourth wall in the series? You guys get what I'm saying? I think so. But She-Hulk, even in the comics, and it's been a while since I've read a lot of She-Hulk comics, she was always a little bit more fourth wall breaking than Hulk was. Well, She-Hulk was one of the only characters yeah. literally in Marvel Comics that did that broke the fourth wall. Yeah. So if they're trying to stick true to the comic, which it looks like they're trying to, other than this whole rumor I've heard that they're trying to make her smaller, which, whatever. Um, I'm sorry, MCU, that your other superheroes are intimidated by strong women. Sorry. Not sorry. Um, you know, <laughs> because She-Hulk, while she wasn't as big as Hulk... She was definitely, like, death by snoo-snoo size. She was, like, Amazonians from, like, Futurama size when she got angry. But I've heard that there is some sort of, there is a push to make her character, even though she hulks out, be not as big because it's not feminine enough. And as a woman, I kind of got to call bullshit on that. You know... It's, she's never going to be Black Widow, right? I mean, Black Widow is Black Widow. Let She-Hulk be what She-Hulk is. And trust me, there are plenty of, there are plenty of dudes out there that dig that. Trust me. Plenty of them. Like, you're not going to lose your fan base. You're fine. So what you're saying is, is that apparently they're minimizing her stature, um, Mm -hmm physically uh to to make her look more feminine for um audiences correct okay what do you think about that nate i can see that i did notice something in the trailer that i actually did notice the past three times i've watched it um the part where uh, mark ruffalo came in and he says you know these uh you know he said something something around the um, these uh, the changes uh, mo- created by like emotions and fear. I noticed she was a lot smaller than everywhere else in the trailer. She she looked like that. She looked like she was a little bit smaller. Maybe it was the size comparison to to Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, but I. At the same time, I, I can see I can see that as well. I just that that's the one thing that I have to point out. It's really not a lot because again, like you said, it was very short. Yeah, most definitely. And um, what did you guys think of like how She Hulk looked, Nate? Like, what did you think of what we saw of She Hulk as She Hulk? Um. You guys pointed it out. Is just the size comparison? No, just in general. What did you think of like the CGI and everything, like how it came out? Oh, that that was impressive. That was impressive. That was uh, impressive, but not um, unexpected. So yeah, CGI's come a long way. What do you think, Kat? What's your take on that? What did you think when you first saw, like, the version of She-Hulk? I mean, it's what I would have expected. Other than I would have thought that she'd be a little bit bigger. Um, 
you know, it's kind of like the ongoing joke of, I don't want to be strong like a man. I want to be strong like a bear. Um, so, <laughs> you know, She-Hulk, while she was always smaller in stature than Hulk, and there was always speculation that because of her work as a lawyer, she was more con in control of her emotions. So she could kind of control where Mark Ruffalo's character, or um, not Mark Ruffalo in general, but Bruce Banner. Yeah, Bruce of Banner. I, said, I keep saying is, the actor's name as well. Yeah. Part of Bruce Banner was Bruce Banner had anger management issues that he didn't know how to control. He either was full Hulk or total Zen. And so for him, when he would Hulk out, there was no control of that. Where, and even we still see it in the MCU today, when the Hulk is the Hulk, he's treated like a beast or like a child that doesn't understand. Like they talk, they don't talk down to him, but like they're talking to someone who isn't fully comprehending what they're saying from a logical, rational standpoint. She-Hulk, on the other hand, through the fact that in the comics she was always breaking that fourth wall, she always seemed to have a little bit more control over when she'd make the change. And when she made that change, she still maintained more of that logical, rational side. She just got bigger. So... I almost wonder if maybe what they're trying to say with some of that size comparison is the fact that because she may have had better control over her emotions, where she understood you there, you can't be fully hulked out all the time. You can't always just carry all this rage, but you also can't always be a pacifist. So I think because she fought for justice in the courtrooms, and she couldn't be hulking out in the courtroom. Well, I mean, she could. But um, that maybe the reason that she had such... She was much smaller than traditional Hulk was because of the fact that she was maintaining that balance between the rage and the control of her emotions. The, the day job that... Mark, uh, the Bruce Banner's version of the Hulk uh, is doing, it's not, you really don't interact with anybody other than, you know, other scientists. So I completely agree with you on that statement. The, you're, you're, one's fighting crime, the other one is just uh, solving uh, chem chemical equations and things like that. I think it also gets down to, um, you know, as, as someone who's been a part of geek culture my entire life. Um, and believe it or not, I'm an old lady. So, you know, one thing that I always kind of had to keep in mind with my friends is that as geeks, sometimes we're all a little socially awkward. Like when we're around our own social circle, kind of like Bruce Banner, when he's around scientists, they all can have these logical conversations and these disagreements, but it's kept within the confines of their profession. The nerd community, the geek community, they do the same thing. You know, you can have a philosophical argument or disagreement with a group of friends and people you know, 
and it's going to still stay relatively level because no one's looking to offend each other. But sometimes when they get out in public or around groups of people they don't know and they don't know how to interact, I don't want to say not don't know how to interact, but they don't know what the other person's perception is going to be, then sometimes I think that's where you see more like the Bruce Banner's Hulk. Like, I'm a, I, like when he, in the first movies, when Hulk was, they were trying to integrate him with the military. He's a scientist. Scientists and military personnel, it's two different mindsets. So there was no level common ground. For the military, you are a weapon, that's all you are. But for him, he's trying to understand how can we better control this? We know you want to use it in your soldiers, but if your soldiers can't control what's happening, then they're not they're not good for you, good to you because that's not a viable weapon option. Where, like we said, with She-Hulk, because she had to every single day be put in these situations where she is arguing for justice. She is hearing attorneys on the other side lie about what their clients have done. She is a little bit more of that more socially aware character. So I wonder if maybe, like I said, the, the big difference in their sizes, even in the comics, came from the fact that she always had to keep, she kept some level of control where Hulk would just let himself Hulk. Okay. I get where you guys were at. You're talking about so, the whole the whole difference between She-Hulk and her ability to maintain her control of her temper and her anger and everything and whatnot mm -hmm. and her intellect and everything and whatnot while in Hulk form. Correct. So what I want to know is when did the She-Hulk version, when did she get her her powers here in the MCU film because if she got it while she was a lawyer I wanted to know if or either a wait a minute, Nate. Wait a minute Nate do you mean when did she get it in the comics or no oh, no, no no in the films in the film in the MCU when is she in gonna the MCU, get MCU when did she get it because you know they don't Probably always right go off of the the comics. Probably in the first episode of She-Hulk She'll get yeah. shot or something will happen That's to her true. or whatever. And Bruce Banner will be right there. And he'll be the only person there that they can, that that's a, a donor or whatever, or a match from a blood standpoint. And they give him, they give her his blood. I wouldn't, I agree with you on that, but could it also be possible that the very first episode of She-Hulk be, they show like a flashback? Maybe first five minutes of the film. Um, well, kind of like be, what they did for Hawkeye. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Yeah, it could be that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's really kind of a shame that they're getting a they're getting away from the formula that actually built the MCU into what it is. And that formula that worked for them was Captain America. They started with the true origin story and built from there. And I think some of these characters just, and this is where I'm a little bit nervous about She-Hulk. I'm a little bit concerned that they're not going to do her justice. 
Why? Because they're not going to give her a, a like a, a full origin story. But they're going to pick. I feel like they're going to pick the parts and pieces from the various multiverses mm-hmm. that work for them. Wait a minute, Cat. What do you explain? Unravel that for me more. Okay. Where do you so, see the multiverse playing into the She-Hulk Disney Plus series? Um. Well, the multiverse plays into every MCU show some way or another. Ever since. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, if you're not giving a character a solid origin, if you're kind of picking up somewhere in the middle, and then flashing back every once in a while, it gives you almost, think the Doctor Strange episode of What If? Where here he is doing all these things to try and change history, but because it's What If, and because he's changing the timeline, and he keeps going back, None of it sticks. Okay. So with She-Hulk, if they start pulling from like this multiverse and this universe and this alternate reality, kind of how they did with Fantastic Four, the last one. They pulled the bits and pieces from various different story arcs and tried to combine them into one. And we all know how we all feel about final about the the Fantastic Four movies. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes them. Oh, they're awesome. Are you high? Depends. Depends. <laughs> so if you if you're talking about the Chris, I don't know. Wait a minute. Ask, Four, ask Nate. What do you think, Nate? You know me. What are the chances <laughs> that I'm high right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, so depending on which version of the Fantastic Four you're getting. If you're talking about the Chris Evans Fantastic Four, I enjoy those. Yes. I enjoyed the first one. After that, they kind of went downhill. But if I, you're talking about the other, the, the most recent one that I think came out in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I, it, it was okay. I didn't. Well, and that was, that was because they did terrible, exactly what it was. <laughs> Okay, look, let's just be real here, okay? The Fantastic Four with Chris Evans or whatever, uh, I mean, was like garbage level seven. Um, The most recent Fantastic Four film was like garbage level 19. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was was beyond fucked. Like, I don't know what happened. Um, Fantastic level, the first one they did, the Chris Evans, um, Jessica Alba version, um... I mean, you had Chris Evans and Jessica Alba. That was what saved the movie, right there. Mm-hmm. You know, when you want to talk about was great. If you compare yeah. and contrast, if you watch those Fantastic Four films versus like fucking Marvel Studios films with Infinity War and Endgame and oh, Civil yeah. War and everything, you were crap. Oh my god, it's like uh, there's no comparison. Yeah, but at the time, based on the technology they had, it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, no, for I'm, that time. But I'm afraid that they're going to do that with She-Hulk. They're going to just kind of start pulling, or like when they started pulling for the Necronomicon for our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. When they started pulling mm, in... Okay, yeah, Ghost I know Rider. what you're talking about. Yeah, when they pulled in Ghost Rider, they were pulling in like partial Johnny Blaze stories, partial Robbie Reyes stories, 
all into one ghostwriter. Like, no, there are three separate ghostwriters. Get it right. You know, don't, you don't have to rely, you don't have to just use one, use all three. You know, bring them in at different times, but don't try and combine their story. So that those are my concerns with She-Hulk. I mean, they might do well. It might be okay. They might not screw it up. Um, but early indications are saying we will be cautiously optimistic. I'm concerned. My, my only concern with She-Hulk is I think it's going to have the same problem I feel like Shane Chi had, and I feel like even though it's TV series, not an actual movie, um, I feel like it's going to have put in too much content into to getting it out for... It, it should have been too much content into one. Right. Yeah, like, they're going to try and cram everything into season one and not space it out and properly tell the story? Mm-hmm. No, I get where you're coming from. I can't, I gotta be honest with you. My whole thing with She-Hulk, unless maybe you just have researched stuff or read stuff that I haven't read or something like that, which is totally understandable that that, that, that may have happened. Um, my take on this whole thing is that they're, they're selling it as a legal comedic drama, like a court, a, 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 you know, a courtroom drama with humor. Um, you know, over six episodes. And um, so I'm just trying to figure out where you think some of these more like mystical and like cosmic multiverse type themes are going to fit into that structure. It's because it's the MCU. In some level, a lot of it will always, there's always that option for multiverse. But when I'm saying this, I'm talking about more like, okay, and the best way to describe it is the most recent Fantastic Four movie. They pulled elements from different story arcs and put them into one story where they didn't fit. That was why that movie was so bad. So with She-Hulk, because She-Hulk to a certain extent was always a courtroom drama. Mm -hmm. Because she's an attorney. So it was... It was always a little bit like Punisher with slightly more legalese. But if you start pulling in from different sections of the She-Hulk story and misaligning them where they don't go, it's not going to fit. And you're going to ultimately end up alienating your fans. So it's not pulling in the mystical sides or the sci-fi sides of the superhero genre it is are they going to stick with one she-hulk story at a time well they've got they've got to fit it into a disney plus series they got to make it's got to fit in six episodes well right and that's fine but here's the thing if you are doing and I'm just trying because it's been so long since I've read She-Hulk. Uh, one second here. William is in the comment section shouting you out, Kat. 
Oh, I know. I know. There we go. And my and my restream is like tripping. Shout out to William, co-host <laughs> of the ASAP Wrestling Hour. Yes, William is William is my brother. But no, my, my restream is tripping because when I even try to respond to the comments, it keeps it keeps like mm-hmm. not allowing my messages and then making me re-sign in to restream. This is weird, oh. man. Oh, Cat froze. Yeah, cat did freeze. Cat, you're really, is... lu- you're, you're really lucky that I don't make a really intense meme out of that frozen frame of you. <laughs> I, I can I definitely will, see Jeff doing that. <laughs> I will have I will have you jacked up, man. <laughs> cat, you there? Oh, there she is. Okay, there we go. We're all back now because yeah, it kicked all y'all out. It was it was just a black screen for me for a bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Cat, honestly, hon, it's a good thing you came back as quick as you did because I was ready to I was ready and prepared to go ahead and uh design a, a twisted meme out of your frozen <laughs> frame. Oh great. <laughs> it better have been worth it, bro. <laughs> So basically is, say in this six-story arc, they take, rather than just sticking with, say, her Avenger storyline, if they start trying to cross in her, because She-Hulk has crossed many, many superhero collaborations. She's been a defender. She's been a member of A-Force. She has, she was part of Fantastic Four. Um Part of the Future Foundation, Heroes for Hire, the Hulkbusters. So, if they start bringing in... I forgot about the whole Fantastic Four thing. Mm-hmm. So, if rather than sticking along her... Say, for example, they start with the Avengers storyline. All of a sudden, they jump in and they start trying to put, like, Heroes for Hire in the middle of her Avengers storyline... It's not going to make sense. Um, or if they start trying to bring in Ag- back Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in from when she was part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, into the Avengers storyline. Now, if they started with her Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and built out from there. Sorry, I have a weird hair on my face and I can feel it. This drives me crazy. There we go. Um so if they started with like her agents of shield story, that's okay. Which yeah, really I, cool. I actually, actually, I know, I know something you can do for that. <laughs> oh no, that will solve it immediately. Oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. I'll, I'll make, make a note. Um, so that's my concern: is they're going to start trying to cross her collaborations with other teams before the story naturally gets there. But. I don't, and listen, Kat, I like you a lot. You're a very intelligent, well put together woman, and I enjoy you very much as a guest. And thank you very much for stepping in when I had to uh, jump out there for a minute. Um, but um, no, uh, I have to be honest with you. I, I disagree because I feel like um, what they're planning on doing with the She Hulk series is going to be very earth based, it's going to be very earth grounded, very street grounded. Um, well, so are, and, so are the defenders. Okay, no, no, but hear me out. Um, 
Marvel is a ways, ways, ways away from even touching the Avengers again. They're nowhere near even getting close to it. And we could even put that out there right now. Nate, how long do you think it's going to be before we get the next Avengers film? If you had to guess. I think phase four is going to wrap up, and I think we're going to see it in phase five. So I would say probably about six, seven years. Six, seven years? That'll put us... Maybe maybe longer. I would most, I think, maybe ten. That'll be phase six. Yeah, I can see phase six, but I can see late phase five as well. So you honestly think it's going to be six or seven years from now? Yeah. Wow. Kat, what do you think? Um, here's the thing. I think they want to keep that cash cow going. Yeah, man, I was going to say, six and seven years is a long time to, like, yeah. not cash that check. Maybe, like, yeah. say four, 24, 25 at the very minimum. Well, you know COVID had to have jacked it up. The yeah. It had to have. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just like everything else. You know what I mean? Um, But you know what? Honestly, I think that they really, really, really are going to try even harder and push even harder to push off the Avengers because they have so much other stuff that they want to put out and start and set up. You're going to have – we're going to have um, the Thunderbolts. At mm-hmm. some point, you know what I mean? Or, or the Dark Avengers or whatever you want to call it. We're going to get that team eventually, you know, with Yelena Belova and... Um, mm-hmm. My, my question know. is, the Young Avengers film, which you really count the Young that Avengers. As, a, as a... There you go, Nate. Young Avengers, would you really count that as a five? Or do you think oh. that... Okay. No, the Young Avengers are not the Avengers. Yeah. I asked that because Guardians of the Galaxy weren't included in the first like two. The, they're like the Teen Titans of the Avengers. Like, they're not That's the Avengers. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, we're going to get the Fantastic Four before the Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then the aftermath of the Fantastic Four film coming out, and what do you do next with the Fantastic Four? Where, does it, where do they go next? You know, um, then you throw in... Um, the X-Men have to come in at some point, right? Mutants have to come in, the X-Men, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they're not going to want to have those two franchises competing against each other. Um, so um, then you got the Young Avengers, like Nate said. Um, and on top of that, again, um, you've got uh, potentially the mystic, supernatural aspect of the MCU, the MonsterVerse, with Blade, Ghost Rider, Doctor Strange being a part of it, Morbius, um, you know, the Midnight Suns. So um, that's not going to be a team thing. Well, if they do the Midnight Suns, it will. It'll be a team thing. But what I'm saying is, Kat and Nate, there's so much there to work with that I feel like I feel like they're not going. Kevin Feige's not going to want to push for Avengers five, which could take away from from these other properties. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, but I think what you're not hearing with what I'm saying is comic storybook arcs. Yes. So every storybook has a different arc. So even though she was affiliated with the Avengers, she still had her own comic book story that tied into that. So. If they stick with, like, one storyline, if they stick purely with her individual Avengers line or her individual Defenders line, fine. No problem in their six episodes. 
But if they start picking and pulling from her different story arcs to try and create one cohesive season, it's going to backfire. Well, how do you see, how do you, like, how do you see the Defenders even coming together during the same time as, like, the She-Hulk Disney Plus series or, like, in that? But once again, though, not talking the Defenders themselves, talking about She-Hulk's individual Defender story arc. Okay. Because every, every comic book hero, if you're talking comic, from the comic perspective. But isn't that a symbiotic relationship in a way? Yes and no. Because it's still an individual story. So if you take and, and let's let's be really honest, you have two different generations when it comes to comic book fans or comic book movie fans or Marvel fans. You have comic book fans, people who have read the comics, they know the comics, they still enjoy the movies, but their lore and the, what they consider canon is the comic. Then you have people who started out with the movies and the TV shows. And that's all they know. They don't know the comic book side of it. So even though an Avengers storyline, a Defenders storyline, a Hulkbuster storyline are all symbiotic and they're all their own comic, within each of those, every character involved has their own individual story arc that is independent of the group party arc. So that's where the concern gets because they did this with Fantastic Four in the most recent movie. They pulled the fact that they were in space. They pulled the alternate universe Johnny Blaze. They pulled, and all of those were from different story arcs. And they combined it into one story so it could crash and burn. Which they thought that they were being proactive they thought they were doing something creative and good it was trash so with any character in the mcu they have the potential to make the same mistake i just want to mention i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you off i just want to mention to everybody out there Something's wrong with my restream. I've never had this happen before, but everything is like frozen. Nothing will work. Everything is like not, I can't click on anything and make it work. So I can't change the Hawkeye episode four review and breakdown title for our show. But that's obviously not what we're doing. So, um, you know, tisk tisk restream. I don't appreciate this bullshit. I don't like it um, <laughs> right now. But um, listen, let's jump on. Let's move on. Let's talk Moon Knight. Um, we only got a little bit of the Moon Knight, even less than She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nate, I mean, I know Nate, I know for a fact you don't know Moon Knight from the comics, right? Um, I know I haven't read a lot of Moon Knight comics, but I have done a little bit of research into it. I can't tell you everything, but I can tell you a little bit. Okay, okay, that's good. Um, so What's your take on what we got in those in that small teaser from um, Oscar Isaac as as Moon Knight? I really like the actor they chose, um, especially since of some of the Oscar Isaac things that I've seen from him doing the past. Especially, oh, definitely, from- dude. If I was gay, I'd do him. 
Um, especially since the spider in the Spider-Man, uh, he's in this whole Spider-Man uh, thing, and he's also in Star Wars as well. So I really like the actor they chose. Um, and he was an X-Men. Uh, yeah, and, that's true. As, I as, forgot as about that. And he lo- he looked like a crackhead. <laughs> um, I think that I kind of wanted to know this. My my question with that is. Are we going to see any characters from the X-Men series? I mean, sorry, not the X-Men. Um, the you, you, you brought up that he was an X-Men. Now I'm blanking on X-Men. Are we going to see any other characters from other MCU shows into it? Or is it just going to be like internals where we they brought up and mentioned... Um, everything that happened in Endgame and the whole the blip, the snap. But no actual character would no from additional shows have been in it. I th- Kat, I think that Nate makes a really great point there. So I'll go to you. Where do you what do you think about that? I mean, honestly, that's I've never thought about that really. Like what the tie-ins would be with Moon Knight, who they throw in there with him and whatnot. We all know that that Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios loves the connective tissue. You know what I yeah. mean? What they do. So, do you think it's possible, Kat, that Moon Knight might fly solo and they might not even throw any actual, like, uh, legit, like, other characters into the show? Let me take a look. Because Moon Knight, like, I'm, I know of Moon Knight, but I'm not super familiar with Moon Knight. From the comic books? He didn't, yeah. have, he didn't have very strong connections or relationships with other superheroes other than when he, like, became an Avenger and everything. Exactly, and that's what I'm taking a look here real quick. He was like the Punisher. He was yeah. a solo guy. But I want to see who else he was tied in with, because... My question is, do we see... Are we going to see a connection with him and Nick Fury? Maybe not in the show, but in the near future with him. What, where, do you, where, would that, where would that premise come from? Secret Wars. Okay. Or maybe this um, in credit scene because MCU loves their in credit scenes. Maybe maybe there's they throw in a, a previous MCU character into the end credit scene. Here's what I'm wondering. You know how we talked about bringing in X Men. I wonder if this is going to be their tie-in for that. Ooh. They start here like they did. Because don't get me wrong, everyone knew who Captain America was. But no one was expecting the story we got with Captain America when they did the first movie. So Captain America, the first Avenger. If they start with Moon Knight, and they use that as a way to tie in the X-Men, they can build the other characters that went with Moon Knight when he was with the X-Men to build that power franchise. Wait a minute. Moon Knight was never in the X-Men. He's not a mutant. Yeah, there's no association there. No. Uh, In the comic books, there is. I brought up X-Men because that that was just a brain fart because Oscar Isaac was... Yeah, Moon Knight was an Avenger. He's never been an X-Men. Right, but he was with Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah, but that doesn't make him an X-Men. But if if he's that tie-in... That starts bringing in the Avengers versus the X Men. 
you have to be a mutant to be a part of the X-Men universe. Like, that's just how it works. You can't, you know what I mean? He's not a mutant. Right. However, if they're looking at going that route, the Secret Ward route, if they're looking at going at some point in time when they bring in the X-Men to head down the route of Avengers versus X-Men, he may be the tie to that story. It could be a possibility. I mean, um, you're talking that you're talking way down the road, honestly. Right. When they do the Disney Plus Secret Wars um series, it's gonna have nothing to do with like the whole real premise of the comic book Secret Wars. It's not gonna be the same thing. Well, yeah, you're right. I don't think it's gonna be the same thing either. But it's just like when they brought in Agents of Shield. They used Agents of Shield as a gateway to some of the other things that we saw in the MCU. Mm -hmm. no, I agree. So by thing... starting by building some of these more, for lack of a better term, lesser known characters that are part of those stories, it gives you an opportunity to, to essentially build those characters, build those franchises and doing it through a TV series versus a multi-billion dollar movie is a safer bet. It's also cheaper. Now, Kat, oh, Nate, uh, hold on. Nate, Nate, hold on. Give me one second. Okay, Moon Knight. His main allies were all internal characters. Frenchie, his best friend, Moon Knight's personal pilot, Marlene, Arron, the most consistent person in Spectre's life. All of um, his main allies were all internal, personal characters that were tied to him personally. Connected, like that was the connection. When it came to his actual collaborations in the comic books, like his team ups, Spider Man, Daredevil, Doctor Strange, the X Men, and the Fantastic Four were the main, uh, you know, catalyst of those team ups. Now, go ahead, Nate. Um, so, I will say this, though, since it's been a little while since I've seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., especially Season 3 and Season 4, since those, those two seasons are the ones that I actually like the least. Um, I might need a little bit of a refresher on this, but the book that was in WandaVision um, that Agatha used wasn't the same book that was brought up and mentioned in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. Yes. The Darkhold. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I I thought so. Thought so, but it's been a little while, so need a little refresh. I only I only got through one season of of um, Agents of Shield. I've got to go back and finish it. I've seen all seven, so. Well, good for you, man. You're you're a good trooper. You're a loyal MCU fan. <laughs> I respect that. We appreciate that. So, um. Cap, yes. The little bit, the little bit we get of Oscar Isaac. Obviously, Nate is completely on point, uh, and you know as well as I do, and he does that. Oscar Isaac is absolutely wonderful. I mean, he was great in Dune. His beard alone is Oscar was Oscar worthy. Um, yes. If I could I grow, beard, if I could grow a beard like that, I, I my confidence level would just surge, you know. But um, it's all good. Um, but no. Uh, 
basically what really threw me off, and I don't know what you thought about this cat, was how Oscar Isaac looks in that teaser. He looks different. Yeah. He really does. Um, and I love how he uses his facial expressions and body language and facial cues and stuff like that to express his psychological state being fucked up. Well, and I think when you're playing a character like that, that's really the big key. Like, that's how you get that across to your audience. That's how you show the audience that somewhere that switch is flipped between those personalities and those characters. Because ultimately, playing a character like Moon Knight, he's in one character, he's playing four or five. Well, it's he like has, this, he has, from, this, he has yeah. this associative identity disorder. Yeah. Um, so that being able to be as expressive as he is, is really what's going to help the fans, I think, identify not only with the character, but the characters within that character. I was looking to check to see that uh, if he was in any, any other show that I couldn't exactly remember what it was. Um, and I forgot that he was also in The Addams Family. Moon Knight was in the Adams family? No, 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 no. Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Oscar Isaac. Oh, okay. And he, and he also played in Disney Infinity, but Okay, cool. Um all I know is that the brief tease they gave of, of the actual Moon Knight costume was awesome. It looked really cool. Really cool. Um I really liked it. And Last question on this, and I'll ask you real quick, Kat and Nate. Um, I love Moon Knight as a character. I have high hopes of, about the potential for the series, yet I am pessimistic as well that they're not going to be able to give us an authentic Moon Knight from the comics, Mark Spector from the comics, in on Disney+. Plus. What do you think about that, Kat? When you add in the Disney Plus factor, yeah. Um, there is, oh, I'm trying to think which one it is. It's on, it was put on Hulu rather than Disney plus because of the violence. And I'm trying to think which one that was. Well, there's been rumors that they might go that route again. Right. With Daredevil or the Punisher or. If they put them on Hulu, because let's, that's, I mean, Disney and Hulu are one in the same. Um, if they put it on Hulu, I could see yeah. that working. Disney owns like a, a small fraction of Hulu. Yeah, 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 we'll go with yeah. that. We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, no, no, they they own Hulu. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, no. I I know I'm right. I know I'm right. Um, Hulu is just more of an adult version of Disney. Well, at one point Plus. they were separate, but you know, in the in the massive Disney acquires everything, they got swallowed up into that. Hey, Hulu is doing yeah. a lot. Hulu is doing a lot of shit, man. I watch oh, yeah. Hulu all the time. It's one of my favorite go-to uh, Roku apps. Honestly, it's become my favorite. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, but... I've had Hulu since the second week they launched. Because that was how long ago it was I cut the cord to cable. Was when streaming was first starting. Um, but I think if they put it on Hulu, then Moon Knight has a chance. But they're if not they going to. Disney... It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. 
Yeah. Yeah. Then it's not, they're not going to do it justice. Then it's going to tank. It's going to tank. Yep. You don't think that like Oscar Isaac on his own, just his own acting and whatnot and everything, he won't be able to do enough with the character and they won't give him enough leniency to make it at least like lukewarm. No, because it's Disney and Disney on Disney plus still wants to keep a certain aura of happy, shiny people. Even though like we saw a little bit darker, a little more action oriented with things like the Mandalorian. But I think for a character like Moon Knight, they're going to try and make him too. They're not going to let him be dark enough for what the character is. And the fans will reject it. Okay. Nate? I can see something like that as well. Pretty much anything, anything that Disney does that is more towards a that those darker characters, they should just, just put them on, pull them, put them on Hulu. Except that, except maybe when they pull in a, a crossover or something like that. Well, any, in your- any solo film that Disney does with those darker type characters in Europe, they they have. Um- Kay, you may know what I'm talking about. They have uh, the Disney Plus uh, stars or something, or, or uh, what's it so, called? Um, okay, so the, the that network, yeah, I know what you're talking about. They but, have like they have the R-rated wing, right? Well, but what it is, it's not Disney Plus and it's not Hulu because Hulu doesn't have international rights for live streaming. No, so I, thought, have, I thought it was a part of Disney Plus service in Europe. No, it's actually a separate streaming service. But they've okay. bundled, I believe they've bundled them in Europe though. Um, so because there's that bundle, you get the live streaming through Star Plus or whatever it's called. Um, Star, yeah, Star, that's what it's yeah. called, Star, Star Plus, yeah, yeah. Um, but that is basically European Hulu, is what okay. it is, okay. Yeah, because because Hulu doesn't have international streaming rights. So like if you don't have live TV and we're going down a rabbit hole here, like pardon me my little tangent dragon. Um so if you are Kat, just one of- you're allowed to go as long as you want and get after it. Bro. <laughs> you handle your business, hon. So if you are watching non-live TV, so like Netflix or the regular like Five Blue or whatever they charge right now. Um then because that is not live content, it can be streamed, but not all the shows have streaming rights in Europe. So Star Plus has the European streaming rights and South Pacific, Southeast Asia streaming rights. So that's what basically how you get live streaming Hulu. Disney Europe. Plus has a... has, has So a my own... question is, when oh, Moon Knight no, comes out, do you think it might do better out in Europe than over here? No, it won't be because it's going to be made and played it and um that's and true. It is designed made to fit in one box. It's not gonna they're not yeah. gonna change different versions, but um we are actually gonna be designated when we're on Disney Plus in the X-rated category yeah. um on Disney Plus on the bleeding edge, which I'm very proud of. Um and also, I want to mention that I am starting uh, to sketch and plan out some ideas for some merch for the Bleeding Edge. And I'm telling you right now, it is going to be like 
when the GNN folks see what what I come up with and everything, when David and Damon see it, they're going to be like, why the hell did we get connected with this guy? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's going to be out there, man. I'm telling you. But anyways, um, so as far as Moon Knight goes, I'm more optimistic than Cat. I think that it'll be better than, than horrible. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's going to flatline. Um, and I think that again, Kat, you got to take into consideration. You've got your younger, newer MCU fans. You've got your less comic book knowledgeable MCU fans that don't know Moon Knight, that don't know that he's usually brutal and graphic and all that and whatnot, that he's the Batman of, of Marvel and everything. And they don't know that. So for some of them, they're going to accept whatever Moon Knight you give them. Maybe we'll see. Um, it because here's the thing because he's not well known, it's kind of like Doom Patrol. Like, Doom Patrol got a lot of great watches because of the cast. A lot of people didn't know Doom Patrol, it was survived because people were like, Oh, I want to see Brendan Fraser again. Yeah, we all love Brendan Fraser. I never um, got your Avengers prediction, I, I forgot all about it. Give us the Avengers prediction. When are we going to get the Avengers? Avengers 5. Avengers 5? Three years. Okay. It's 2021. It's about it's about to be 2022, so you're saying 2025. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's my minimum. Yeah. That, well, because that, that gives them time to bring a couple more characters in. That will either be that will either be the 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 edge of phase five or the introduction mm-hmm. of phase six. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that would be my prediction is 2025. And your and your whole thing with that, your whole premise is based off of the fact that the money. Yeah. They need the money. Disney needs the I, money? Yeah. Are they hurting that bad? Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually so Disney in the history of Disney has never ever sold the rights to any of their music. I saw their rights being used in a random com- their music being used in a random commercial that wasn't for Disney the other day. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard some. Uh, I've read some articles, heard some stories about the stock going downhill yeah. and everything and whatnot. And obviously, we all know I'm no big Star Wars fan, and I don't pay attention to it that much. But I know enough to know that what they've done with Star Wars in the last like six or seven years has not exactly been uh, magnificent, magnificent for the Disney bottom line. Well, the other thing with the Disney bottom line is a lot of the Disney bottom line relied on parks. So Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Japan, Disney China, um, the cruise ships. That was where a lot of, that's where a lot of that revenue came from. Because the parks have been built for years. So really, your $400 a ticket or whatever they charge now um, is going to park upkeep and staff and taxes. So they probably make what they need to maintain the park in like less than a week based upon attendance. But all of those parks nationwide, worldwide were closed for at least 18 months, if not longer. Yeah, I mean, except for like the child uh, kidnapping and, and pornography like ring stuff that they probably had going on. Well, yeah, how- you know, you got to supplement it somehow. Um, 
but really the only places they were making money were their streaming services because there weren't even their movies weren't in theaters their movies weren't i mean they were streaming but they weren't live action going into the into the theaters because the theaters were all closed too well listen last segment before we finish this off i'm gonna skip the articles i'm gonna go a little bit off off cuff here let's talk eternals real quick mm-hmm. i've never talked i've never talked to cat about the eternals i've never talked to nate about the eternals so I, it seems like a good good moment for it let's wrap yep. the show in up credit scene yes you did in credit scene yes you did yeah. let's, <laughs> let, let's wrap up a little bit uh, a little bit of the show with a little eternals talk Oh man, Chloe. Damn. You got it. Yeah. They had the big names that should have drawn people to the theater. That was like Angelina Jolie. That guy yeah. that's on the ground. That was Angelina yeah. Jolie in the Eternals. Yeah. So they had a great idea. The Eternals can be a really great story arc. But what they tried to do is they tried to force it down people's throats. Um, by basically like, hey, here's the new Avengers when not really you don't bring another team after you've just like retired your team the other thing that hurt them in europe which i don't think anybody thought about or not necessarily europe but in other overseas markets that they focus on is the fact that the turtles these are essentially gods in a lot of other regions outside of europe and the united states and north and sun and south and central america deities in that type of fashion is actually highly offensive and the markets that they were targeting are markets that are big for disney like disney parks um disney merchandise but doing a whole film about gods is you're you're aiming for this target target audience of you know Asia, Southeast Asia, South Pacific Islands. And you've just made it a film that they're going to find highly offensive. I never viewed them as gods. They're shepherds. They're powerful shepherds that, I work, think, that work for the Celestials. I but think what that... Are, but what are Celestials? Oh. Celestials are gods. Go ahead, Nate. Get in there. Go ahead. I think that to, something that they should have done that would have made it a little bit better is a i i brought this up on my show i brought this up on here uh actually they should have split uh eternals into two different shows and b i think they should have released the origin story version i think they should have released that in between infinity war and endgame not even though that internals was not in endgame I think that it would have been a little bit different because it's not like, hey, you open one chapter and you end another. I can see that. Okay. I got you. Um, when you went to see it in the theater, they, at the end of the movie at the, with the Eternals, how did you feel? What were your thoughts at that moment? Um, I loved the end credit scenes, uh, especially the, uh, I thought the ending part was very funny. 
um, especially, you know, the whole, hey, I'm a superhero, I'm a superhero as my daytime job now, and we did this, and oh, there's there's this uh, huge dragon, all that scene right there was hilarious. Um, at the end where they were sitting down and have, having that, uh, either lunch or dinner, um, the ending part was very fun. Um, I just think that, to be honest, my only criticism is that they forced too much. They did too much, and they should have done two instead of one. Okay. Or, as my brother brought up, make it a, a Disney Plus show instead of a movie. Facts. So, Kat, same question. In the theater, when the turn was over, what did you think? Thank God it's finally over. Um, oh, oh, you mean in credits. My bad. Sorry. Um, I was really just excited to see the movie no, end. I was thinking, I wasn't thinking in credits. I was thinking the last scene before the end credits. Whoops. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, the whole movie by then, it just kind of annoyed me. Um... By the time we got to the end, I do definitely agree with what Nate said, though. I think as a Disney Plus show, it would have been amazing. But taking unknown characters and shoving them in, shoving you into a theater for however many hours that sucked of my life that I'm not getting back. I mean, it wasn't as bad as like Matrix Refunded or, you know, some other really bad movies I've watched over the years. But I, just, I don't know. Like, it felt pushed and rushed and forced. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. My thing was, I mean, there's a bunch of shit that I could say about it. Um, But my thing was that I felt like, and I'm not blaming Chloe Zhao for all of this. I mean, obviously, there's multiple hands um, that were involved mm -hmm. in, like, the production of the film and everything. And the story, you know, the uh, the, the script. Uh, although Coley's out wrote the script too, um, but uh, you know uh, or the screenplay, um, they didn't get the best out of the talented, excellent actors and actresses they had on hand in the film. Yep. Um, some of them were misused. Their arcs made no sense. Uh, they were sloppy. Um, the the timing was bad. Like. They didn't use them at all. And then all of a sudden, bam, they pop up and you're like, oh shit. Like, I like that character for three minutes. You know what I mean? Like, he's cool. Um, and then like Angelina Jolie got trashed. Like, I mean, seriously. Um, I mean, uh, literally they made her into like the retard of the Eternals. Straight up. I mean, her, her arc made no sense. Um, like, there was no consistency at all. Um, and they they nullified her. Like, they nullified her abilities and, like, her talent with this, like, sloppy amateur arc that they gave her and everything and whatnot. And I just felt like it was sad because there were moments where when she was on screen, she was the best freaking thing on screen. Like you can mm -hmm. tell, she stood right the hell out like that. She has that power, that impact. Um, 
So, you know, what do you guys think? Uh, am I on the right path, the right track with this? That, um, a lot of good actors, a lot of talented actors, a lot of talented actresses. They weren't used correctly. They didn't get enough out of them. They didn't get what they could have gotten out of them. Nate, I, I didn't have an issue with it. Um, I could see where you're coming from, but I, I didn't have an issue with the acting choices. The the acting choices or how they used it. Um, especially this is since this is coming from a, a CW fan. You know, seeing you know Legends of Tomorrow, I think. Well, that man, hold on, moments. it's not a choice thing. I agree with the choices. I'm saying, they, I know, I know, I know. They didn't give that. They didn't. I, I'm not talking about the choices either. Yeah, I'm okay. just saying that I think that they used the talent from the Eternals and Shang Chi better than CW did for Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. I, I'm not saying that it was great, but I I'm, I'm just saying that I've seen I definitely seen worse. No, I understand. Cat, what do you think? Uh, what, what I think you, they waste. I think they wasted a lot of money on the money they had to pay for all the talent they had in that movie. Oh yeah, good point. Like for the that should have been like the big block. Like it should have been like Ocean's Eleven big with all of those big names. Chloe Zhao should give her money back. Yes, like she owes them a refund. Because, yeah, absolutely. It was a waste of the talent that those actors have. And I kind of feel like at some point in time, it's this is this film is going to be for some of those actors what Wolverine is. Do you think, that some, do you think some of them are going to look back and be like, they fucked me? Yeah, they're going to be like how, because Ryan Reynolds played the Deadpool in Wolverine. Oh, God. That's why no. he makes fun of it all the time. So he pokes fun at his own character. Um, that and Green Lantern. I think... Yeah, Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern. Green yeah, Lantern was, was like 10 times better than what they gave, what they did in in, frickin Wolf, in the Wolverine movie. Yeah. So I think these actors are going to look back at that film at some point and have that exact same reaction. Because they're very talented. I mean, there is there are Oscars and Emmys and every award under the sun in droves with that cast. Well, let me ask you a question, Kat. If if the Academy and the industry uh, the, and, and the cinema industry uh, and the movie industry uh, don't respect Marvel Studios or these superhero films to begin with, they think it's garbage, they, they think it's immature or whatever or whatever, um, at that point... Um, do they do these actors and actresses just get a pass if they're in a shitty Marvel Studios film and like the the, the industry looks at them and, and they're just like, oh, well, it was a Marvel movie. Pretty much, so, they'll probably. So look I have at an idea. I have an idea. I just thought about this. For every Marvel movie coming forward, that they are introducing a new character. It should be a Disney Plus show. But if they're making a, um, like, say, for example, if they're making, like, I want to say a sequel, but if they're making a film that's a uh, Captain America or or a, um, a 
uh, Captain America 4, they're, they're doing something that is basically a sequel-ish. God, I'm excited for then Captain I America I think it 4. has to be a, a movie. I am freaking stoked for Captain America 4, man. I really am. I'm stoked. I am too. Like, I'm telling you. I have high hopes for that film. I really do. Okay, check this out. Last, last thing. All right, here we go. This is going to be a doozy. Give me a rating, 1 to 10. Cat, you first. Do you think we'll get a Daredevil solo film in the MCU with Charlie Cox now that it's official? Give it a rating, 1 to 10. That will get that will get will we get a Daredevil film, a solo film? 8. Wow, 8. That people is really ex- like People really like Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I'm just surprised that you threw that out so quickly. Yeah, well, it's because the content was good when they did the show. It's a well-developed character. And I think everyone wants to mind erase the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Yes, that's a good point. That's a really yeah. good point. Nate, what do you think? What's your rating? Do we get a I'm Daredevil agreeing with her. I think I'm agreeing with her. I'm going to think it's eight, but I don't think that this will be a Disney Plus movie solo film. If they do it, I think it's going to be Hulu. Yeah. Well, it would be a Marvel Studios film. It wouldn't be, I mean, it would go on to Disney Plus. Yeah. But that's a good quandary that we're not going to go into right now because it'd be a whole other topic. But how do they approach that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing with the series to like put them on Hulu. What do you do with the Punisher when you when you have to do a solo film with the Punisher? You know, you build, like, you'd have to build the Defenders on Hulu. You slap an R rating on it. Yeah. Because Simple you have. You have the Punisher, you have Jessica Jones, you have even Luke Cage for as people-friendly as that character is. He's still, the topics in that one are still a little too dark for Disney. Um, And so I think your entire Defenders region would have to go on Hulu. Well, on another show, Kat... We'll talk, and I'll tell you right now, Kat, I enjoy talking to you. I do. I like you personally a lot. I think you and I would connect, like, uh, intellectually in a second as far as having a conversation together and whatnot. We seem to think alike a lot, but also have different opinions, which I which I appreciate um, and respect. But, um, you know, uh, basically, you have to wonder, like, John Bernthal said, has already said that, if he's going to come back and be the Punisher, it has to be the Punisher. It mm-hmm. has to be the Netflix Punisher. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's almost pushing Marvel, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige in a way. Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, I, that's a first. I, I haven't heard of anybody you. doing that. I think, you know, I don't think that Netflix is, I don't think they're going to do any uh, more shows on Netflix. Anymore. Oh, no, it's done. Marvel Television is done. All that's done. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's partially, though, because Disney yanked the rights off Netflix. Yeah, because they, because they want it all in-house. Yeah. yeah, which I get, which being Hulu still puts it in-house. And I like to think, and I'm probably delusional, that um, somewhere in the Disney-Marvel world, they understand that people like those darker characters. People love characters like Spawn. A lot of they, people love those dark characters, Kat. A lot of people do. Oh yeah, you know Let's what? Go right here. You know oh what? yeah, there's a lot of people out there that don't like to admit it, but they love those characters. Oh yeah, the darker a comic book character, the more flawed, the more likely I am to like them. 
Um, Jessica Jones is my spirit animal. And what what, what yeah. do you do if you're Kevin Feige, your Marvel Studios, and all of a sudden a Ghost Rider solo film comes out and makes a billion dollars? You know what I'm saying? Like, rated R. You ride that. You ride that money to the bank, and you put. And if you want to turn it into a show, you put it on Hulu. If they try to put the Punisher on Disney Plus, I'm not watching it. Parents will riot. I'm not watching it. Yeah, I'm serious because it would be betraying the character. Yep, it would, and it would be insulting the comic book character, like the origin. Yeah, well, that was why they put Hit Monkey. That's what. That's what I couldn't remember. Hit Monkey. Um, that's why they put it on Hulu. Well, so, I have no, I have no idea what the hell's going on in the comment section. We've got some weird delusional shit going on. Whatever. We had, we had a Nazi in here the other day, a real Nazi. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I was oh, talking wow. to him and everything. Um, but uh, all right, look. So we're let's get out of here, guys. Great show, Cat. Again, thank you for stepping in and whatnot and holding it down for me. Oh, not a problem. Glad I had time to do it. You know, you are a great guest. Well, hey, you know, I do what I can. Nate. For the fans. Nate, you are growing. You are evolving. You are a solid guest. You are not yet at Cat's level, but you will get there. Thanks. You just need to evolve your game a little bit. But you know what I'm saying? But I love you, brother. You're a good guy. Yeah, and I'm, I'm here to learn and, learn and grow. I, uh, I eventually want to. Oh, shut up, man. You contribute on the show and everything and whatnot. Dude, you're a part of the team. I, I'm serious. I want to learn and grow. I want to. That I want to do podcasting as a career. Well, I respect that because you know what? I'm 39 years old and I think that same way every damn day. That's my mentality. I was on the phone with a potential agent today that wants to represent me. And I was like, I'm learning every day. Like I'm, I'm watching and looking at other content creators, other YouTubers, and I'm trying to like emulate and learn from their shit, like their success. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to. Um, mm -hmm. you've got to be grounded. You've got to be humble. Um, and at the end of the day, I love geek news down network It is absolutely wonderful to be a part of their excellent roster of content creators. Although, um, good luck to MCU Mondays and geek gauntlet podcast trying to compete with the bleeding edge because we will fuck you up at the end of the day. We'll get you. Um, and beyond that, I want to go ahead and thank all of you out there who will catch this in the non live stream version. Um, I want you all to really appreciate and enjoy Kat and Nate guesting on the show because they were great. This was a really, really solid, other than me dipping back and forth and leaving and what, whatever. And my we alarm going off, we were together. Great chemistry, great flow, great conversation, very easygoing show, very, very light, very easy, and um, I had a great time. So, I mean, hey, subscribe to the MCU's Bleeding Edge, subscribe, follow Geek News Now Network, go to the Geek News Now Network website, eat, sleep, and shit Geek News Now Network. Um, and we got something for everybody, like TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, like we've got it all. That's right. And thank you again very much, Kat. It's great oh, to thank have you. you for having me. Great to have you. Finally got you on. Yeah. It was wonderful. And hey, you're doing great on Geek Gauntlet. Hey, you know, like I said, it's 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 getting around a bunch of people that are into the same things that you're into. 
you know, let's talk about it. Let's let's show the rest of the world that, you know, let that geek flag fly as high as you want it to fly. Because guess what? There's plenty of other rest of us out here that are just as big of fans as you are. Shit, man. You fucked me up tonight. Like, I wish I would <laughs> I wish I would have found you and grabbed your ass, like, and got you on the bleeding edge, like, and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I thought I thought I was a, a good talent evaluator, but I guess I didn't notice you. Um, well, I think when you came in, I think unfortunately real life had pulled me away um, on a temporary hiatus. So that may be why. I don't know what would come from a collaboration of you and me, Cat, on a regular basis. It would be interesting. Yeah, it could definitely be an interesting show. Let's <laughs> see how schedules are working out, and we'll see what we can do to be for me to be around a little more often. Yeah, I'd love to see you take like like try your hand at some fucking dirty ass memes and shit like I put together on your own. I'd love to see what you give me. It'd be funny. I'll see what I can do. Your husband would love it. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, you know, I, I married a sailor and I still make him blush. So I mean, you know. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's a great man. Uh he's obviously very lucky. Nate, uh brother, I love you to death, man. Thank you very much for coming on the bleeding edge. We'll have you on. Yeah, no problem. Um, we'll definitely have you on soon. Um, so, uh, basically I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, subscribe to the MCU's Bleeding Edge YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitch. Um, you know, check out our live streams on Wednesday evenings, our regular show at 9.05 PM Eastern, 6.05 PM Pacific. And, um, other than that, peace out. It's going down. It's going down. 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 down.